Thank you all for tuning in to the Your Edge podcast. I'm Therese Van Ryn, Senior Director of External Communications at Zebra Technologies. And as we wrap up Women's History Month, I thought we could invite one more spectacular woman to share her story with us. Tommy Vincent is the wife of NFL legend and executive vice president of football operations for the NFL, Troy Vincent. But Tommy stands firmly on her own as a resilient, creative, independent, and uplifting woman who has dedicated herself to a life of service. Based on their commitment to positive social impact, Tommy co-founded Vincent Country with her husband, Troy, to help empower people to be strong, secure, and build sustainable relationships. She also has her own brands and philanthropic activities, which we'll talk about during this conversation. But I'd like to start, Tommy, by looking back at how you became the woman you are today. We so appreciate you being with us. It's Women's History Month, so tell me a little bit about your life journey so far. What has helped define your life? Well, Therese, first, let me just say thank you for this opportunity to be a part of the conversation for Women's History Month. I truly do appreciate you sharing your platform with me. Um, and when you talk about, you know, how I have become evolved into this, the woman that I am today, I truly know without a shadow of a doubt, it has been my life experience and the things that I've been exposed to. And growing up in my hometown of Trenton, New Jersey, I had the opportunity to be surrounded by women specifically who were dedicated to community as well. And so those women left such a firm fingerprint on my life that it truly is a lifestyle for me. Mm -hmm. And it, it's not even something that I think about. It's just something that I show up in daily and looking for opportunities to contribute to the lives of others around me in a positive way. That's amazing. You are inherently a philanthropist and this isn't something you do out of obligation, I would imagine. Was there a moment in your life when you realized that helping others was your purpose? You know, I I really believe because visually and in action, it is the environment that I grew up in. My mother, Pamela Hendricks, she um, worked in nonprofit for most of her life um, before she retired. In addition, my Nana Edie, she ran the Lawrence Neighborhood uh, Community Center where we found ourselves always being her helping hands and preparing, you know, things for the senior citizens and things for the holidays that it wasn't anything that was even thought about. I mean, that's really the only way I can describe it because it wasn't one moment. It mm -hmm. literally was our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so just moving forward in life from a young person um, through middle school and high school, I was always involved in some aspect of community service. And then when I became an adult and had access to my own resources, it was just very natural for myself and my husband and our family to contribute not only with our time, but also with our resources. Mm-hmm. I love the photos I see on your website of your family embracing, and you can tell you're carrying that on 
to the next generation, which is incredible. It seems that everything you do from your charitable work to your business ventures are all rooted in family, faith, and food. Why do you mm-hmm. choose those three pillars as your grounding elements? <laughs> so our faith, uh, Troy and I, we got married when we were really young. I was 19 and um, Troy, he was 22. Was he 22? Around there anyway. And mm-hmm. we we knew that in order for us to be successful in our relationship, that it was really important for us to have a firm foundation outside of us, outside of the examples that we had before us um, for marriage and how relationships work, something that we could hold on to that in the times where things felt unbearable, that we had a stable aspect where we would say, nope, we're looking to this because this will always be our constant. Mm-hmm. And so we made a commitment early on that we, our faith would be the anchor. It would be the foundation of everything we did and what we would always look back to. And in the process of he and I developing our relationship, our family continued to grow and blossom. And we recognize that we truly are stronger together as a family and being able to utilize our bought sense and allowing for others to glean from that because we already paid the price, it presented us with an an opportunity to be an example of family. Not that we do everything right and that, you know, everything in our life is perfect because it is far from that. Um, But we think it's important for, you know, to be able to, when you acquire information and you acquire tools that lead to success that you share them because ultimately we are our brothers and our sisters keepers. And so doing that means a great deal to us. And then the food piece is very personal to me. I uh, spent some time um, dealing with some depression. And as I worked my way through that, I recognized that one of my tools, my anchors for bringing me back the understanding, you know, my value and who I am as a woman, it was going into the kitchen and being able to model and emulate what I saw in my grandmother's kitchen and creating this environment where I call it soul food therapy, where I'm able to really lean into a gifting that I have, but also utilize it to nourish the other people in my life that I care about. And so that's how we um, landed with the pillars of faith, family, and food. Mm, That's amazing. I've been one of the beneficiaries of your soul food (laughs) therapy, if you will. (laughs) And it's incredible. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You mentioned your Nana Eddie and that she was an inspiration for you. I understand she's also an inspiration for your personal brand. Tommy V feels like comfort tastes like home. Can you tell me a little bit about her story? Oh, absolutely. So my Nana Edie, she was a, so she lived in this house in Eggers Crossing Village where, um, well, not Eggers Crossing Village. That's actually where the apartment complex I was grew, lived in when I was little, but she lived in Eggert's Crossing and this brick home that my grandfather built for his family. And her house was right on the corner. So when people would pass by, everyone stopped by Miss Edie's home. That's, you know, that's what they would call her when they walked in the door. And when you came in, you walked into her kitchen and it was always filled with 
the smells of what was ever, whatever was cooking on her stove. And it was like, to me, this magical space where it didn't matter what was taking place outside of those doors, what, but when people had an opportunity to come in and sit down at her huge wooden table with the huge claw feet on the bottom and get a plate of whatever it was she was serving up, life was okay. And so I recognized as an adult that my Nana Edie, she had tapped into something that was really special. And it was this healing bomb that came through her ability to get people to come to the table to experience a nourishing that took place through the food, but it wasn't only the food itself. It was the love that she poured into every single dish that she prepared. That love permeated the hearts and the minds of the people that sat at that table. And I often think about as an adult, you know, I don't even know what my grandmother was experiencing in her own life personally, because it didn't show up in her kitchen. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. she, she could have been experiencing life very differently than what I witnessed as a child, sure. but because her focus was creating this space where she used her gift of cooking, but she established and curated this atmosphere that was so healing I never knew what those experiences were, were. And as a woman, I know that very well, where you can mask up and you can show up and you can be a lot of things to a lot of other people and your personal experiences don't interfere with that. But then you have to step away from that environment and you have to look yourself in the mirror um, personally, if you will, to really understand and, and get to the place where you recognize what it is that you need. And I feel like that's what I got from my Nana Edie. Mm, amazing. Did you aim to continue her legacy or just use her legacy as your guiding light? So when I show up and prepare food and I get people to come to the table, there's not a time where I'm preparing anything, where I'm not thinking about her. And for that matter, there's a lot of people, not just, you know, my mothers and grandmothers, but my father was a, a, is a phenomenal um, cook himself, where when I'm preparing food, it totally is legacy inspired. So the dish is filled with what I, I say, recipes are heirlooms. And so when you keep those dishes moving forward, you're presenting an opportunity for other people to get to know the people that you loved and you cared about. And so for me, not only is my Nana Edie an inspiration, but she is a big part of my why because I know that her life um, was filled with some adversity. Mm -hmm. And so she may not have ultimately been able to do all of the things that she wanted to do. So when I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm showing up and I'm flourishing and I'm growing and I'm evolving, I believe that she's evolving with me. Mm, I love that. Tommy, since it's Women's History Month, I'd love to learn more about the history of your Vincent Country Women's Retreat. We see many weekend getaways offered to women. I'm curious, how have you designed yours to be a bit different? 
So the women's retreat that I started uh, now going into the ninth year, it came off of, I mentioned earlier how I was uh, dealing with a bout of depression and I found myself anchoring back into the kitchen and, and developing my soul food therapy. And not only did I just do soul food therapy, but I also did, a, I went to therapy um, and worked with a professional. And in the process, I really recognized like, you know, I'm not the only woman that's experiencing this in life who at some point in time, you spent a lot of time and effort ensuring that the people around you were winning and, you know, you start neglecting and doing the things necessary to fuel you into your purpose. And so I recognize there's enough room for everybody to shine, but if we're not talking about it and we're not sharing our experiences, then you often suffer in silence. And so I created this space where the women have an opportunity to come together and it doesn't matter what you do in life, where you're from in life, what you have in life. The common denominator in it all is that we're women women, and we desire to see each other flourish. Ha it may happen that you come into the space and right now I don't have it to give, but because you're in a space where we are looking to pour into one another, what you need, it will be in the room. Even if you don't have it to give at that time, you'll have an opportunity to reciprocate at another time. And so it truly is an environment where it's about nourishing and healing and loving extremely, um, transparent and non-judgmental. So it's a safe space. And so it wasn't even that I was looking to try to make it different from anything else that was out there. It was me creating a space that I needed, quite frankly. And that space and doing that, man, it's been such an amazing journey. Some of the women can have come all nine years. And then I leave space to invite new women into the space as well. And it's been an amazing journey of just watching us grow and flourish and become. Mm, sounds incredible. I'm sure the women who have attended have found the experience healing. And it sounds like you benefit as well by leading the gatherings, meeting so many different people and learning from their stories. It is about me first. Mm -hmm. If I'm being transparent, the whole purpose of it was to create this space where, because for the weekend, I, I chef the entire weekend. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner and everything in between. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I select um, very intentional gifts that the ladies get to receive every day. And we spend time going through lessons and talking about the different things that we can use as tools doing some heart work while we're there. So when we leave that we, you know, leave better than we came because in addition to being a classically trained chef, I am also a certified life coach. And so I bring those pieces together to really do intentional work with the women that doesn't feel, you know, sometimes you can get into environments where you're doing work on self and you leave feeling like you've been really beat up, you know, you're exhausted because of work you're doing, you know, work, work, self-work, it takes, it, it is a lot of work. Sure. But when it's presented and it's packaged in a way where it's one bite at a time, 
it's not overwhelming. And so that's what I look to do is to really create the one bite at a time. So every day, every meal, we sit down and have these conversations. Every time we're sitting down by the water or sitting around the fireplace, that it's one bite at a time. So you never get too full, you never eat too much, but you get exactly the right amount of sustenance required to nourish you to get to the next bite. Mm. That has so many levels of meaning, right? <laughs> From literal <laughs> food to the- Absolutely. Yeah, that's incredible. What an amazing experience. I'm curious, switching gears a little bit, Tommy, was your life as a football player's wife as glamorous as the media might make it out to be? Or were you able to stay grounded and humble based on your focus on your family and faith? Troy and I were intentional about creating a degree of separation from our life as, you know, the family of a professional athlete and really wanting to make sure that we were nestled in whatever community that we lived in. And so in that, that walk looks very different for every family in the National Football League. I recognize that. He and I just said, okay, look, like we want to make sure that I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. On Sundays after all of the games, oftentimes it, it was a gathering of couples going out to have dinner after the game to unwind and just, you know, decompress. Mm -hmm. And we made a decision that we would meet back at home and I would already have dinner prepared. So I would get up early prior to the games and I would cook our dinner so that we could come back and we could have dinner as a family. That was important to us because with Troy's schedule, it often meant that there were a lot of times where Troy was, you know, working and perfecting his craft. And so he didn't have as many opportunities to be around the kids as I did. And so any chance we had to create that and make sure that was being done, we leaned into that. And so I like to believe that that created a grounding for our entire family and allowed for us to focus on being our authentic selves as individuals and becoming the type of family and living the type of lifestyle that we wanted to live. Mm -hmm. You built a great foundation there. That's incredible. And I like your phrase, nestling yourself into the community where you are. You do that so magnificently today with your safe zone activity day that happens in the Super Bowl city each year and, and finding a, a school that can benefit from you and your family's work. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So one, I, I want to talk about the name of safe zone activity day. And that name actually came from, um, our oldest son, Troy, who had a traumatic experience when he was in elementary school. And when he got older, he talked about, you know, his dreams of playing in the NFL and wanting to have a zone at the games that kids could come to and they could have a safe space where they could participate. 
and Troy did not um, have the opportunity to play in the NFL. But when we started, you know, really considering how we wanted to show up in the cities of the Super Bowl to bring a bit of the Super Bowl to the fam, the students um, in that community, we immediately thought this is the safe zone. You know, this mm -hmm. is the vision that our son Troy talked about. And Troy and I are direct beneficiaries of having some amazing elementary school experiences with teachers and faculty that literally uh, changed the trajectory of our life. And so we recognize it's such a critical stage where if you can sow a seed of hope in that stage in a young person's life, that it potentially can flourish and blossom at the very right moment that they need, where they may be at a crossroad thinking about and considering what do I want my life to look like? Or even the aspect of worthiness. Am I worthy of a life that looks different from the one that I have? And so the Safe Zone Activity Days are designed to be a space where kids can be kids in safe zones. And we have been so blessed to have partners like Zebra to come alongside of us and just really you know, lean into that with us and creating these environments where it's so much fun. There's so much joy and laughter, not only for the young people, the K through five uh, grades that are participating, but the adults that are volunteering and also the teachers and administrators at the school that get to experience uh, the life, um, the empowerment sessions that we do with them. So, it is a very intentional space that's created, but it, it didn't just, um, it wasn't birthed from nothing. There is some family pain, there is some family growth um, and experience that allowed us to know from our own post personal experiences that this event can change lives. Mm -hmm. It really does. I, I've seen it in person and the people that you get to volunteer, right? Everyone from NFL legends to, as you say, the, the teachers get involved, so many volunteers. And I truly believe one of, one of the sayings we have that drive our philanthropic activities at Zebra is doing well by doing good. Mm -hmm. We all succeed together, right? And, mm -hmm. and we also talk about how as you volunteer, you build your own mental wellness. You feel better by giving back to others. And I just applaud you for your, your focus on that and, and how you are always contributing. I'm curious, Tommy, last question for you. What advice would you offer to other women who have the passion and heart that you do for service and want to get involved in giving back to their local communities? So the first bit of advice that I would share is that every aspect of giving back counts. And when I say that, I mean that it's never too small. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, people think that, well, this isn't enough. Me just, just doing this little thing right here, little things are huge. Little things are enormous in creating a ripple effect throughout community in someone's life because community is is de is derived of individuals. So if you can impact one, 
you ultimately are impacting many. So I think it's, it's important to know that whatever you're able to do, it is enough. It is more than enough. And then the other piece I would say is lean into areas that are personal to you, whether it's your own personal experience or it's an experience that you encountered via you know, someone else, you know, because it will be your driving force, your encouragement as you continue to do the work, because even in doing the work, there are elements of growth. There are elements of disappointment, but you have to remember the why. And if the why is personal, then it allows for you to stay engaged, even when it doesn't feel like you're making progress. If we remember that every step forward is a step of progress, whether it's big or small, we're moving forward and we're moving in the right direction. So those are the two pieces of encouragement that I would say to other women, you know, nothing is ever too small. What you have to give is more than enough. And then secondly, that you lean into an area that speaks to your heart, that is very intentional and that helps you in the process because you know you're connected to it, you're tethered to it for life, and you could do that work every day. Remember the why. That's really powerful. Thank you so much for being here, Tommy. I always enjoy talking with you and I always learn something new about you and from you. We really appreciate your time and happy Women's History Month. <laughs> yes, Therese, thank you so much again for sharing the platform with me. It means a great deal to be a part of the conversation for Women's History Month. It truly does. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. And thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about the work Tommy Vincent is doing in communities across the U.S. and in conjunction with NFL legends, visit vincentcountry.com. I'm Therese Van Ryn, signing off until next time.